All right. I think I'm live. This is my very, very first live ever where I'm running the show. I've done a lot of Clubhouse, but first live, this is on YouTube, on LinkedIn. I'd like to say welcome to myself, to the live live community. I want to talk about a few things that I've been sharing this a little bit on Clubhouse, and I want to share it with you. So um, by all means, I welcome anybody that wants to chat uh, to, to join, but I'm going to spend this time talking a little bit about how I prepare for a podcast interview and more specifically what I do in terms of the notes to make sure that I'm set up based on all the research that I do so that the notes are clear and they're organized and I can actually use those notes while the interview is going on. Now, some people advocate for not having notes or having very few notes or taking notes, but not actually having them for the interview. And if that's you, that's you. So I, I just want to make sure that I, this is my way. I'm not saying it's the only way, but it's the way that I've chosen to use uh, for my show, for the interviews that I do. So the very first thing that I do, of course, is the research. So I don't want to overlook just how important research is because frankly, it's everything. My friend Mason Gardner says research equals respect. And I think that's such a great framing and a great way to think about how we take research seriously before our show. So of course, the most obvious place to do research is to listen to other podcasts. And some people, they say, oh no, I don't want to listen to other podcasts because I don't want to, I don't want to hear any other ways that person's been interviewed. But I, I personally think that's, for me, not, not the approach I would take because there's always going to be something valuable that you'll gain by listening to other shows, even if it's how not to interview that person or listening for the same questions that that person gets asked over and over and over again. Because let's face it, we want to make sure that our podcast stands out. We don't want it to be cookie cutter, to be the exact same as everybody else's. So make sure that you listen to see what other shows are like. So that's the first thing. The second thing is if they're an author, pick a book that they have written, listen or read that book. If you can go to Audible and download the book there, do that. Otherwise, read the book. What I do is I highlight the book in areas where I think there's something valuable to incorporate into my notes. So I'll read the entire book, I'll highlight it, and then I'll go through and I'll voice dictate into my iPhone the highlights, the things that I've highlighted. So again, some people have tons of books, so I'm not saying I read every book that the guest has written, but I'll, I'll choose one book specifically that they've written. The Third thing that I do is I look at their social media. I look at things like YouTube. I look at, of course, Instagram. I look at Facebook. And not just to look at their most recent post. I like to go deeper than that. I like to find something that other people wouldn't talk have talked about. So find something unique in their, their social media history. And so the more you can do that, I mean, I, I found that, you know, going back even sometimes years into their old social media yields golden nuggets. So after I've done all of that, some of the things that I, that I like to do, I've picked up from other people. So for example, I interviewed Jordan Harbinger. When I interviewed Jordan Harbinger, one of the things he talked about was taking a, 
uh, unique perspective to Wikipedia. For example, Wikipedia has a talk section. And so what he's done as somebody that interviews lots of celebrities, he looks for things that are not necessarily fact, but maybe debated. And so the talk section of Wikipedia is the section where all the people who contribute to Wikipedia debate a given topic and talk about why or why not should this thing be included about this person. And so the talk part of Wikipedia is a very nuanced and unique place to find something interesting about your guest. Um, the other thing he does, which I think is really interesting, is he looks at negative book reviews. That may seem counterintuitive, but no, it's not. He looks for not just negative book reviews, but negative book reviews that others have found is helpful. So if you go to Amazon and there's helpful sections, then read those book reviews because that's going to give you insight and perspective that you may not otherwise get. So I thought that was really interesting and what a great way to find information about your prospective guests, not just looking at the good ones, but the bad ones. So there's a lot that goes into research. I could do an entire session just on research. The last thing I'll say is find things that other people aren't finding. So blog posts, articles, comments, I have a podcaster that I met through Jeff Harry named Chris Lynn. His podcast is Leading People First. He goes out and he's interviewed friends of the people that he's meeting with. So I thought that's another really, really smart way to go about the research. And as you're doing all this, just listen for those nuggets, those odd or interesting facts, those powerful, insightful moments, those impactful stories, something that'll allow the conversation to be more nuanced, more rich, and less cookie cutter, because you don't want to ask the same question that they get asked every single time. So, okay, that's the research part. Part two for what I do is I order everything. When I say I order it, I have a certain approach that I take to ordering all of the information, and I, I sort of synthesize it into this order. So the first thing is that I try to ask a question at the beginning that is something that they've never, ever been asked this question before. And so the way in which I do that is I try to make it something that is either funny, that'll make them laugh, or something that is emotional, that will touch them in an emotional way. And so the way in which I do that is I look for those, those notes that I have, and I look for something that may make them chuckle. So I'll give you a couple examples. So one time I interviewed James Carberry and he has a company, Sweetfish Media, which literally the name of his company is Sweetfish Media because he has an obsession of sweetest fish. He wants to eat Swedish fish basically all day long, the candy. And so I started the interview by eating sweetest fish. I go, hey, do you mind if we, if we eat a couple uh, Swedish fish before we get going? And he thought that was hilarious. So again, just an unorthodox way to start a session. Another person, uh, Stephen Warley, he has a podcast called Life Skills That Matter. And in that, I found a, a, one of his interviews where he talked about where he's from originally, which happens to be the place where the candy Pez is, uh, was invented. So I started off eating Pez. Now I know those are both candies, so there's kind of random fun fact there. But again, I'm looking for something very unique. 
Now, I also mentioned emotion. So I also want to tap into the emotion. And so Jeff Harry is somebody that I interviewed. And one of the things I found was an old blog post that he wrote. And in that blog post, he talked about this letter that his dad wrote to him. And in that letter, it was very touching and more of a like, hey, do this, son. You know, I'm not going to be here forever. And it was very heartwarming. His dad has passed away. And it was like life advice from his father. And I read this to him and he was just floored. He was just shocked because he had no idea that I would have access to this. He couldn't believe that I read this to start the interview. And so again, the way I start is by either making him laugh or making him cry. And in that case, I made him cry. After that, the thing I like to do is I like to do an origin story, something that will help the audience understand where does this person come from? Why are they the person that they are today? And so I interviewed Chris Doe. His parents are immigrant parents from Vietnam. And so the first question I asked him is, what does the date April 30th, 1975 mean to you? Why is that a significant date to you? And like struck him because of course that was the day that they left Saigon, that they left to come to America. And so it's a very important date to him. So the origin story will help to create a little bit of a understanding of who this human being is, like something from their childhood, something that was transformational or foundational, something that really helped to make them who they are. And so I want to ask that origin story to start. And then I'll order the rest of the questions in a somewhat chronological order and again, this is the way I do it. I'm not saying it's the only way at all. It's the way that I do it. And so I do it in a somewhat chronological fashion. And I, I take all of the, the nuggets, the layers of their life, and I try to think about like, why did this moment stand out to them? Why did this life moment stand out? Why did that life moment stand out? And I try to find ways in which to ask the question that'll help to point of spotlight on those significant moments in their life and why they impacted them in the way in which they did. So I spend the first 20 to 30 minutes laying the foundation so that I could then get into what I'll call the more tactical, specific, and applicable questions, things that they can actually, when I say they, I mean the listener can actually apply into their lives. And so I take those questions and I ask them questions that I think would, would, would allow the audience to benefit from the answer. So something that is going to be very, again, specific and actionable. And as, they, as, they, as I ask them these questions, I always think of the follow-up question and how that will help to make more clear what that message is, what that framework is. Is it Step one, two, three, and four. Is it uh, the five C's of confidence? Like when I interviewed Erica Kramer, we did the five C's of confidence. And so I try to find those practical, actionable nuggets through all the research that I've done. And then I, I, I ask a question that will unearth the answer and will provide the details around 
those, those steps, those frameworks, those action steps. Once I've done all of that, I always try to make sure that I'm, I'm really thinking about the audience and the ability for me to tie everything together. How do I tie their story back to these nuggets, to these uh, value statements, to these um, frameworks? And I, I want to I wanna make sure that when I do that, that I'm really mindful of how their story has informed why they believe these steps, these action steps uh, have such a, an, an important impact. And then... Once I've done all of that, I like to end by making sure that I I really talk about things that will shock the audience. I, I want to ask questions like James Carberry has a, a great question. The question is, what is a commonly held belief that you passionately disagree with? Say that again. What is a commonly held belief that you passionately disagree with? Because I want my guests unique point of view. I don't want them to say the same thing that can be heard on a hundred other podcasts. I want them to say something different. And so I'm, I'm really asking questions in a way that will hopefully get the audience to hear a new point of view or a new perspective. And so once I ask that question, usually that spawns follow-up questions to make sure I get clarity around their point of view. And once I've, I've gotten all of that And I tie everything into a nice, neat bow. I always like to end, and I make sure I have this in my notes, which is where people can learn more from this person. Rather than me say, hey, where can people find you? I say, this is where you could learn more from James, from Chris, from whomever. And I, I try to make sure that I'm the one promoting this person. So I listen to recent podcasts that they've done and I find out what are they promoting right now? What's their most current call to action? And I'll bring that up. Is it their website? Is it their social media handle? Is it their their podcast, their book? What is it that they want to promote? Or maybe all of those things. And I make sure I succinctly share exactly what this person wants to share with my listeners. And after all of that, I usually end by giving the stage to my guest for a final thought, for a final word. And I do this because I want to give them an opportunity to share something that they maybe didn't get a chance to share already, something that they think would be valuable as a, as a final thought on the topics that we've talked about. And then I like to end, and I usually have this in my notes, with a quote or a statement, or something specific about that guest that I have in my notes. And so when I share this, it's usually something emotional, something very poignant, something very heartfelt and emotional that will hopefully bring together everything that's been shared before I end the episode. So I want to share all this because I I take a lot of time and care into the preparation, and I wanted to, to do this to one, to do a live for fun and just see what happens. And then two, get an opportunity to share the way in which I approach creating my notes for my interview from start to finish. So hopefully this was valuable. I'm going to do lives more regularly, experiment, test, break things, make messy progress. 
It's hot in my garage, so I'm sweating here. <laughs> but I'm going to end the stream, and hopefully this is valuable. If you like it, let me know. Leave a comment, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.